Stand By for Places presents William Shakespeare's Twelfth Night Directed by Alexandra Kopko I have sent after him. He says he'll come. How shall I feast him? What bestow of him? For youth is bought more oft than begged or borrowed. I speak too loud. Where's Malvolio? He is sad and civil and suits well for a servant with my fortunes. Where is Malvolio? He's coming, madam, but in a very strange manner. He's sure possessed, madam. Why, what's the matter? Does he rave? No, madam. He does nothing but smile. Your ladyship were best to have some guard about you if he come, for sure the man is tainted in his wits. <laughs> Go call him hither. I am as mad as he, if sad and merry madness equal be. How now, Malvolio? Sweet lady. <laughs> Smilest thou? I sent for thee upon a sad occasion. Sad lady, I could be sad. This does make some obstruction in the blood, this cross-gartering. But what of that? If it please the eye of one, it is with me as the very true sonnet is. Please one, and please all. Why, how dost thou, man? What is the matter with thee? Not black in my mind, though yellow in my legs. It did come to his hands, and commands shall be executed. I think we do know the sweet Roman hand. Wilt thou go to bed, Malvolio? To bed? Aye, sweetheart, and I'll come to thee. <laughs> oh, God, comfort thee! Why dost thou smile so and kiss thy hand so off? <laughs> How do you, Malvolio? At your request, yes, nightingales and sedors. <laughs> Why appear you with this ridiculous boldness before my lady? Be not afraid of greatness, twas well writ. What meanst thou by that, Malvolio? Some are born great. Huh? Some achieve greatness. What sayst thou? And some have greatness thrust oh, upon them. Oh, heaven restore thee! <laughs> Remember who commended thy yellow stockings. Thy yellow stockings? And wish to see thee cross-gartered. Cross-gartered? <laughs> Go to, thou art made, if thou desirest to be so. Am I made? If not, let me see thee a servant still. <laughs> Why, this is very midsummer madness! <laughs> Madam, the young gentleman of the Count Orsino's is returned. Could hardly entreat him back. He attends your ladyship's pleasure. I'll come to him. Good Maria, let this fellow be looked to. Where's my cousin Toby? Let some of my people have a special care of him. I would not have him miscarry for the half of my dowry. Do you come near me now? No worse man than Sir Toby to look to me. This concurs directly with the letter. She sends him on purpose that I may appear stubborn to him, for she incites me to that in the letter. Cast thy humble slough, says she. Be opposite with the kinsmen, surly with servants. Let thy tongue tang with arguments of state. Put thyself into the trick of singularity, and consequently sets down the manner how. As a sad face, a reverend carriage, a slow tongue, in the habit of some sir of note, and so forth. I have limed her, but it is Jove's doing, and Jove make me thankful. And when she went away now, let this fellow be looked to. Fellow, not Malvolio, nor after my degree, but a fellow. Why, everything appears together, that no dram of a scruple, no scruple of a scruple, no obstacle, no incredulous or unsafe circumstance. What can be said? Nothing that can be can come between me and the full prospect of my hopes. Well, Jove, not I, is the doer of this, and he is to be thanked. Which way is he? In the name of sanctity, for all the devils of hell be drawn in little, and legion himself possessed him, yet now speak. Uh, here he is, here he is. Uh, how is with you, sir? 
was it with you, man? Go off. I discard you. Let me enjoy my private. Go off. Lo, how hollow the fiend speaks within him. Did not I tell you? Sir Toby, my lady, prays you to have a care of him. Aha, does she so? Go to, go to. Peace, peace, we must deal gently with him. Let me alone. How do you, Malvolio? How is it with you? What man? Defy the devil. Consider... He's an enemy to mankind. Do you know what you say? Law, you, and you speak ill of the devil how he takes it at heart. Pray God he be not bewitched. Carry his water to the wise woman. Mary, and it shall be done tomorrow morning if I live. My lady would not lose him for more than I'll say. Oh, now, mistress. Oh, Lord. Prithee, hold thy peace. This is not the way. Do you not see you move him? Let me alone with him. No way but gentleness. Gently, gently. The fiend is rough and will not be roughly used. Why, how now, my ballcock? How dost thou, Chuck? Sir! I bid come with me. What man, tis not for gravity to play at Cherry's Pit with Satan? Hang him, foul collier. Get him to say his prayers, good Sir Toby. Get him to pray. My prayers, Minx? No, I warrant you, he will not hear of godliness. Go hang yourselves all. You are idle, shallow things. I am not of your element. You shall know more hereafter. <laughs> it's possible. If this were a play upon a stage now, I could condemn it as an improbable fiction. His very genius has taken the infection in the device, man. Nay, pursue him now, lest the device take air and taint. Oh, I wish I'll make him mad indeed. Well, the house will be the quieter. Come, we'll have him in a dark room and bound. <laughs> My niece is already in the belief that he's mad. We may carry it thus for our pleasure in his penance till our very pastime, tired out of breath, prompts us to have mercy on him, at which time we will bring the device to the bar and crown thee for a finder of madmen. But see, but see. Ah, Sir Andrew! <laughs> oh, more matter for a May morning. Here's the challenge. Read it. I warrant there's vinegar and pepper in... Ooh, is it so saucy? Aye, is I warrant him. Do it read. Give me. <clears throat> Youth, whatsoever thou art, thou art but a scurvy fellow. Good and valiant. Wonder not, nor admire not in thy mind why I do call thee so, for I will show thee no reason for it. Oh, good note, and that keeps you from the blow of the law. Thou comes to the Lady Olivia, and in my sight she uses thee kindly. But thou liest in thy throat. That is not the matter I challenge thee for. Very brief, and, and to exceeding good sense, less. I will waylay thee going home, where if it be thy chance to kill me... <clears throat> good. Thou killst me like a rogue Still, and a villain. you keep it a windy side of the law. Good. Fare thee well, and God have mercy upon one of our souls. He may have mercy upon mine, but my hope is better, and so look to thyself, thy friend, as thou uses him, and thy sworn enemy, Andrew Egivchik. If this letter move him not, his legs cannot die. I'll give it to him. You may have a very fit occasion for it. He is now in some commerce with my lady and will by and by depart. Go, Sir Andrew. Scout me for him at the corner of the orchard, like a bum bailey. So soon as ever thou seest him, draw. And as thou drawest, swear horrible. For it comes off to pass that a terrible oath with a swaggering accent sharply Twanged off, gives manhood more approbation than ever proof itself would have earned him. <laughs> Away! Oh, nay. Let me alone for swearing. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> now will I not deliver his letter. For the 
behavior of the young gentleman gives him out to be of good capacity in breeding. His employment between his lord and my niece confirms no less. Therefore, this letter, being so <laughs> excellently ignorant, <clears throat> will breed no terror in the youth. He will find it comes from a clodpole. But, sir, I will deliver his challenge by word of mouth. Set upon Aguchik a notable report of valor, and drive the gentleman, as I know his youth will aptly receive it, into a most hideous opinion of his rage, skill, fury, and impetuosity. This will so frighten them both, they will kill one another by the look, like cockatrices. Uh, and here he comes to Janice. Give him way till he take leave, and, and presently after. I will meditate the while upon some horrid message for a challenge. I have said too much into a heart of stone and laid mine honor to unchary on it. There's something in me that reproves my fault, but such a headstrong, potent fault it is that it but mocks reproof. With the same heavier that your passion bears goes on my master's griefs. Here, wear this jewel for me. Tis my picture. Refuse it not, it hath no tongue to vex you. And I beseech you, come again tomorrow. What shall you ask of me that I'll deny that honor saved may upon asking give? Nothing but this, your true love for my master. How, with mine honor, may I give him that which I have given to you? I will acquit you. Well, come again tomorrow. Fare thee well. The fiend like thee might bear my soul to hell. Gentlemen, God save thee. And you, sir? That defense thou hast, betake thee to it. Of what nature the wrongs are thou hast done him, I know not. But thy interceptor, full of despite, bloody as the hunter, attends thee at the orchard end. Dismount thy tuck, be ere in that preparation, for thy assailant is quick, skillful, and deadly. You mistake, sir. I'm sure no man hath any quarrel to me. My remembrance is very free and clear from any image of offence done to any man. You'll find it otherwise, I assure you. Therefore, if you hold your life at any price, betake you to your guard. For your opposite hath in him what youth, strength, skill, and wrath can furnish man withal. I pray you, sir, what is he? He is knight, dubbed with an unhatched rapier and uncarpet consideration, but he is a devil in private brawl. Souls and bodies hath he divorced three, and his incensement at this moment is so implacable that satisfaction can be none but by pangs of death and sepulchre. Hobnob is his word, gift or taint. I will return again into the house and desire some conduct of the lady. I am no fighter. I've heard of some kind of men that put quarrels purposely on others to taste their valour. But like this is a man of that quirk. Sir, no. His indignation derives itself out of a very competent injury. Therefore, get you on and give him his desire. Back you shall not to the house, unless you undertake that with me, with which is much safety you might answer him. Therefore, on. Or strip your sword naked, for meddle you must, that's certain, or forswear to wear iron about you. This is as uncivil as strange. <clears throat> I beseech you, uh, do me this courteous office as to know of the knight what my offence to him is. It is something of my negligence, nothing of my purpose. Mm, I will do so. Signor Fabian, stay you by this gentleman to my return. Pray you, sir, do you know of this matter? I know the knight is incensed against you, even to a mortal arbitrament, but nothing of the circumstance more. I beseech you, what manner of man is he? Oh, nothing of that wonderful promise. To read him by his form, as you are like to find him in the proof of his valor. He is indeed, sir, the most skillful, bloody, and fatal opposite that you could possibly have found in any part of Illyria. Would you walk towards him? I will make your peace with him if I can. I shall be much bound to you for it. I am one that had rather go with Sir Priest than Sir Knight. I care not who knows so much of my metal. 
Why, man, he's a very devil. I had not seen such a farrago. I had a pass with him, rapier, scabbard, and all, and he gives me the stuck-in with such a mortal motion that it is inevitable. And on the answer, he pays you as surely as your feet hits the ground they step on. <gasps> they say he has been fencer to the Sophie. Poxant, I'll not meddle with him. Aye, but he will not now be pacified. Fabian can scarce hold him yonder. Plague on it. And I thought he had been valiant and so cunning in fence, I'd have seen him damned ere I'd challenge him. Let the matter slip, and I'll give him my horse, Grey Capulet. Oh. I'll make the motion. Stand here, make a good show on it. This shall end without the perdition of souls. <laughs> Mary, I'll ride your horse as well as I ride you. Fabian, I have his horse to take up the quarrel. I have persuaded him to youth's a devil. He is as horribly conceited of him, and pants and looks pale as if a bear were at his heels. <laughs> There's no remedy, sir. He will fight with you for Soth's sake. Mary, he hath better bethought him of his quarrel, and he finds that now scarce to be worth talking of. Therefore, draw for the supportance of his bow. He protests he will not hurt you. Pray God defend me. A little thing would make me tell them how much I lack of a man. Give ground if you see him furious. Come, Sir Andrew, there's no remedy. The gentleman will, for his honor's sake, have one bout with you. He cannot by the duello avoid it, but he hath promised me, as he is a gentleman and a soldier, he will not hurt you. Come on, do it. Pray God he keep his oath. I do assure you, tis against my will. Put up your sword! If this young gentleman have done offense, I take the fault on me. If you offend him, I for him defy you. You, sir, why? What are you? One, sir, that for his love, there's yet do more than you have heard him brag to you he will. Mm, nay, if you be an undertaker, I am for you. Oh, good sir Toby, hold, here come the officers. I'll be with you anon. Pray, sir, put your sword up, if you please. Mary, will I, sir? And for that I promised you, I'll be as good as my word. He will bear you easily and reigns well. This is the man, do thy office. Antonio, I arrest thee at the suit of Count Torsino. You do mistake me, sir. No, sir, no jot. I know your favor well. Though now you have no sea cap on your head, take him away. He knows I know him well. I must obey. This comes with seeking you, but there's no remedy. I shall answer it. What will you do now my necessity makes me to ask you for my purse? It grieves me much more for what I cannot do for you than what befalls myself. Well, you stand amazed, but be of comfort. Come, sir, away. I must entreat of you some of that money. What money, sir? For the fair kindness you have showed me here, and part being prompted by your present trouble, out of my lean and low ability I'll lend you something. My having is not much. I'll make division of my present with you. Hold, there's half my coffer. Will you deny me now? Is it possible that my deserts to you can lack persuasion? Do not tempt my misery, lest that it make me so unsound a man as to upbraid you with those kindnesses that I have done to you. I know of none, nor know I you by voice or any feature. I hate ingratitude more in a man than lying, vainness, babbling drunkenness, or any taint of vice whose strong corruption inhabits our frail blood. Oh, heavens themselves! Come, sir, I pray you go. Let me speak a little. This youth that you see here, I snatched one half out of the jaws of death. 
relieved him with such sanctity of love and to his image, which methought did promise most venerable worth, did I devotion. What's that to us? This time goes by. Away. Oh, how vile and idle proves this God. Thou hast, Sebastian, done good future shame. In nature there's no blemish but the mind. None can be called deformed but the unkind. Virtue is beauty, but the beauteous evil are empty trunks or flourished by the devil. The man grows mad. Away with him. Come, come, sir. Lead me on. Methinks his words do from such passion fly that he believes himself. So do not I. Prove true, imagination. Oh, prove true that I, dear brother, be now tame for you. He means Sebastian. I, my brother, know yet living in my glass. Even such and so in favour was my brother, and he went still in this fashion, colour, ornament, for him I imitate. Oh, if it prove, tempests are kind, and salt waves fresh in love. A very dishonest, paltry boy, and more a coward than a hare. His dishonesty appears in leaving his friend here in necessity and denying him. And for his cowardship, ask Fabian. A coward, a most devout coward, religious in slid. I'll after him again and beat him. Do. Cuff him soundly, but never draw thy sword. And I do not. Come, a city event. I dare lay any money to be nothing yet. Will you make me believe that I am not sent for you? Go to, go to, thou art a foolish fellow. Let me be clear of thee. Well held out, Faith. No, I do not know you, nor I am not sent you by my lady to bid you come speak with her, nor your name is not Master Cesario, nor this is not my nose, neither. Nothing that is so is so. I prithee, vent thy folly somewhere else. Thou knowst not me. Vent my folly? He has heard that word of some great man and now applies it to a fool. Vent my folly? I am afraid this great lover the world will prove a cockney. I prithee now, ungird thy strangeness and tell me what I shall vent to my lady. Shall I vent to her that thou art coming? I prithee, foolish Fool, depart from me. There, there's money for thee. If you tarry longer, I shall give worse payment. By my troth, thou hast an open hand. These wise men that give fools money get themselves a good report after 14 years' purchase. Now, sir, have I met you again? There's for you. Mm. Oh, why, there's for thee. And, and there, and Ooh. there, are all the people mad? Hold, sir, or I'll throw your dagger over the house. This will I tell my lady straight. I would not be in some of your coats for tuppence. Come on, sir. Hold. Nay, let him alone. I'll go another way to work with him. I'll have an action of battery against him, if there be any law in Illyria. Though I struck him first, yet it's no matter for that. Let... Go with thy hand. Come, sir, I will not let you go. Come, my young soldier, put up your iron. You are well fleshed. Come on. I will be free from thee. What wouldst thou now? If thou darest tempt me further, draw thy sword. What? What? Nay, then, I must have an ounce or two of this malapert blood from you. Hold, Toby, on thy life, I charge thee, hold. Madam. Will it be ever thus? Ungracious wretch, fit for the mountains and the barbarous caves where manners ne'er were preached? Out of my sight! 
Be not offended, dear Cesario. Runesby, be gone! I pray thee, gentle friend, let thy fair wisdom, not thy passion, sway in this uncivil and unjust extent against thy peace. Go with me to my house, and hear thou there how many fruitless pranks this ruffian hath botched up, that thou thereby mayest smile at this. Thou shalt not choose but go. Uh, Do not deny, <laughs> beshrewed his soul for me. He started one poor heart of mine in thee. What relish is in this? How runs the stream? Or am I mad? Or else this is a dream? Let fancy still my sense and let thee steep. If it be thus to dream, still let me sleep. Nay, come, I prithee, would thou be ruled by me? Madam, I will. Oh? Say so and so be! Nay, I prithee, put on this gown and this beard. Make him believe thou art Sir Topis. The curate. Do it quickly. I'll call Sir Toby the Whilst. <laughs> well, I'll put it on, and I will dissemble myself in't. And I would I were the first that ever dissembled in such a gown. I am not tall enough to become the function well, nor lean enough to be thought a good student, but to be said an Honest man and a good housekeeper goes as fairly as to say a careful man and a great scholar. The competitors enter. <laughs> Jove bless thee, Master Parson. Bonos dies, Sir Toby. For, as the old hermit of Prague that never saw pen and ink very wittily said to a niece of King Gorboduc, that that is, is. So I, being Master Parson, am Master a Parson. For what is that but that, uh, and is but is? <laughs> to him, Sir Topis. What the ho, I say? Peace in this prison. <laughs> the name counterfeits well. A good name. Who calls there? Seratopes, the curator, who comes to visit Malvolio, the lunatic. Seratopes, Seratopes, good Seratopes, go to my lady. Oh, the hyperbolical fiend! How vexest thou, this man! Talkest thou nothing but of ladies? <laughs> well said, Master Parson. Sir Topas, never was man thus wronged. Good Sir Topas, do not think I am mad. They have laid me here in hideous darkness. Fail, thou dishonest Satan. I call thee by the most modest terms, for I am one of those gentle ones that will use the devil in myself with courtesy. Sayest thou that the house is a dark? As hell, Sir Topas. Why, it hath bay windows, transparent as barricados, and the clear stories toward the south and north are as lustrous as ebony. And yet complainest thou of obstruction? I am not mad, Sir Topas. I say to you, this house is dark. Madman thou erest. I say, there is no darkness but ignorance, in which thou art more puzzled than the Egyptians in their fog. I say this house is as dark as ignorance, though ignorance were as dark as hell. And I say there was never man thus abused. I am no more mad than you are. Make the trial of it in any constant question. What is the opinion of a Pythagoras concerning a wildfowl? That the soul of our grandam might happily inhabit a bird. What thinkest thou of his opinion? I think nobly of the soul and in no way approve his opinion. Fare thee well. Remain thou still in a darkness. Thou... 
Thou shalt hold the opinion of Pythagoras, ere I will allow of thy wits, and fear to kill a woodcock, lest thou dispossess the soul of thy grandam. Fare thee well. Sir Topas, Sir Topas. <laughs> My most exquisite Sir Topas. <laughs> Nay, I am for all waters. Thou mightest have done this without thy beard and gown. Yeah. He sees thee not. Yeah. To him in thine own voice, and bring me word how thou findst him. I would we were well rid of this knavery. If he may be conveniently delivered, I would he were, for I am now so far in offence with my niece that I cannot pursue with any safety this portly upshot. <laughs> Come by and by to my chamber. <laughs> Now, as thou lovest me, let me see his letter. Good, Master Fabian, grant me another request. Anything. Do not desire to see this letter. This is to give a dog, and in recompense, desire my dog again. (laughs) Belong you to the Lady Olivia, friends? Aye, sir, we are some of her trappings. I know thee well. How dost thou, my good lady? Truly, sir, the better for my foes and the worse for my friends. Uh, just the contrary, the better for thy friends. <laughs> no, sir, the worse. How can that be? Marry, sir, they praise me and make an ass of me. Now my foes tell me plainly I am an ass, so that by my foes, sir, I profit in the knowledge of myself, and by my friends I am abused, so that conclusions to be as kisses. If your four negatives make your two affirmatives, why then the worse for my friends and the better for my foes? (laughs) Why, this is excellent. (laughs) By my troth, sir, no, though it please you to be one of my friends. Thou shalt not be the worse for me. There's gold. (laughs) But that it would be double dealing, sir, I would you could make it another. Oh, you give me ill counsel. Put your grace in your pockets, sir, for this once, and let your flesh and blood obey it. Well, I will be so much a sinner to be a double dealer. There's another. (laughs) Primo secundo tertio is a good play, and the old saying is the third pays for all. The triplex, sir, is a good tripping measure, or the bells of St. Bennet, sir, may put you in mind. One, two, three. You can fool no more money out of me at this throw. If you will let your lady know I am here to speak with her and bring her along with you... It may awake my bounty further. I will awake it anon. Here comes the man, sir, that did rescue me. That face of his I do remember well. Yet when I saw it last, it was besmeared as black as Vulcan in the smoke of war. A bobbling vessel was he captain of, for shallow draft and bulk unprizable, with which such scatheful grapple did he make, with the most noble bottom of our fleet, that very envy and tongue of loss cried fame and honor upon him. What's the matter? Orsino, this is that Antonio that took the phoenix and her fraught from candy, and this is he that did the tiger board when your young nephew Titus lost his leg. Here in the streets, desperate of shame and state, in private brabble did we apprehend him. He did me kindness, sir, drew on my side, but in conclusion put strange speech upon me. I know not what twas but distraction. Notable pirate, thou saltwater thief, what foolish boldness brought thee to their mercies, whom thou in terms so bloody and so dear hast made thy enemies? Orsino, noble sir, be pleased that I shake off these names you give me. Antonio never yet was thief or pirate, though I confess on base and ground enough Orsino's enemy. A witchcraft drew me hither, that most ingrateful boy there by your side, from the rude seas enraged and foamy mouth did I redeem. A rack past hope he was. His life I gave him, and did thereto add my love, without retention or restraint, or oh, oh, his in dedication. 
for his sake did I expose myself pure for his love into the danger of this adverse town. True, to defend him when he was beset, where being apprehended, his false cunning, not meaning to partake with me in danger, taught him to face me out of his acquaintance and grew at twenty years removed thing while one would wink denied me mine own purse, which I had recommended to his use not half an hour before. How can this be? When came he to this town? Today, my lord, and for three months before, no interim, not a minute's vacancy, both day and night did we keep company. Here comes the countess. Now heaven walks on earth, but for thee, fellow, Fellow, thy words are madness. Three months this youth hath tended upon me. But more of that, Anon. Take him aside. What would my lord, but that he may not have, wherein Olivia may seem serviceable? Cesario, you do not keep promise with me. Gracious Olivia! What do you say, Cesario? Good my lord! My lord would speak, my duty hushes me. If it be aught to the old tune, my lord, it is as fat and fulsome to mine ears as howling after music. Still so cruel? Still so constant, lord. What, to perverseness? You uncivil lady, to whose ingrate and unauspicious altars my soul the faithfulest offerings have breathed out, that ere devotion tendered, what shall I do? Even would it please, my lord, that shall become him. Why should I not, had I the heart to do it, like to the Egyptian thief at point of death, kill what I love? A savage jealousy that sometimes savors nobly, but hear me this. Since you to non-regardance cast my faith, and that I partly know the instrument that screws me from my true place in your favor, live you the marble-breasted tyrant still, but this your minion, whom I know you love, and whom, by heaven I swear, I tender dearly, him will I tear out of that cruel eye where he sits crowned in his master's spite. Come, boy, with me. My thoughts are ripe with mischief. I'll sacrifice the lamb that I do love to spite a raven's heart within a dove. And I, most jocund, apt and willingly, to do you rest, a thousand deaths would die. Where goes Cesario? After him I love, more than I love these eyes, more than my life, more by all mores and e'er I shall love wife. If I do feign, you witnesses above, punish my life for tainting of my love. I me detested, how I am beguiled. Who does beguile you? Who does do you wrong? Hast thou forgot thyself? Is it so long? Come, away. Whither, my lord, Cesario, husband, stay. Husband? Ay, husband, can he that deny? Her husband, sirrah? No, my lord, not I. Alas, it is the baseness of thy fear that makes thee strangle thy propriety. Fear not, Cesario, take thy fortunes up. Be that thou know'st thou art, and then thou art as great as that thou fearest. Oh, thou dissembling cub, what wilt thou be when time hath sowed a grizzle on thy case? Or will not else thy craft so quickly grow that thine own trip shall be thine overthrow? Farewell, and take her, but direct thy feet where thou and I henceforth may never meet. My lord, I do protest. Oh, do not swear. Hold little faith, though thou hast too much fear. For the love of God, a surgeon? No. <gasps> Send one presently to <gasps> Sir Toby. What's the matter? Has broke my head across, and has given Sir Toby a bloody coxcomb too. For the love of God, your help. I had rather than forty pound I were at home. <sighs> Who has done this, Sir Andrew? The Count's gentleman, one Cesario. We took him for a coward, but he's the very devil incarnate. My gentleman, Cesario? Odds lifelings, here he is. You broke my head for nothing, and that, that I did. I was set on do it by Sir Toby. Why do you speak to me? I never hurt you. 
You drew your sword upon me without cause, but I bespeak you fair and hurt you not. If a bloody coxcomb be a hurt, you have hurt me. I think you said nothing by a bloody coxcomb. Oh, here comes Sir Toby halting. You shall hear more. But if he had not been in drink, he would have tickled you other gates than he did. How now, gentlemen? Uh, how is it with you? That's all one. He has hurt me, and there's the end on it. Sot. Did see Dick Surgeon, Sot. Oh, he's drunk, Sir Toby, an hour gone. His eyes were set at eight in the morning. And he's rogue and a passy measures paving. I hate drunk rogue. Oh, away with him. Who hath made this havoc with them? I'll help you, Sir Toby, because we'll be dressed together. Will you help? An asshead and a coxcomb and a knave. A thin-faced knave. A gold. Get him to bed and let his hurt be looked to. I'm sorry, madam. I'm sorry. I've hurt your kinsman, but... Had it been the brother of my blood, I must have done no less with wit and safety. Um, you, you, you throw a strange regard upon me, and by that I, I do perceive it has offended you. <clears throat> uh, pardon me, sweet one, if even the vows we made each other but so late ago. One face, one voice, one habit, and two persons. A natural perspective that is and is not. Antonio, oh, my dear Antonio, how have the hours racked and tortured me since I have lost thee? Fearst thou that, Antonio? Most wonderful. Do I stand there? I've never had a brother, nor can there be that deity in my nature of here and everywhere. I had a sister whom the blind waves and surges have devoured. Of charity, what kin are you to me? What countryman, what name, what parentage? Of Messaline. Sebastian was my father. Such as Sebastian was my brother too, so went he suited to his watery tomb. If spirits can assume both form and suit, you come to fright us. A spirit I am indeed, but am in that dimension grossly clad which from the womb I did participate. Were you a woman, as the rest goes even, I should my tears let fall upon your cheek and say, Thrice welcome, drowned Viola. My father had a mole upon his brow. And so had mine. And died that day when Viola from her birth had numbered thirteen years. Oh, that record is lively in my soul. He finished it indeed his mortal act that day that made my sister thirteen years. If nothing lets to make us happy both but this my masculine usurped attire, do not embrace me till each circumstance of place time, fortune to cohere and jump that I am Viola, which to confirm I'll bring you to a captain in this town where lie my maiden weeds, by whose gentle help I was preserved to serve this noble count. All the occurrence of my fortune since have been between this lady and this lord. So comes it, lady, you have been mistook, but nature and her bias drew in that. You would have been contracted to a maid. Nor are you therein by my life deceived. You are betrothed both to a maid and man. Be not amazed. Right noble is his blood. If this be so, as yet the glass seems true, I shall have share in this most happy rack. Boy, thou hast said to me a thousand times, thou never shouldst love woman like to me. And all those sayings will I overswear, and all those swearings keep as true in soul as doth that orbid continent, the fire that severs day from night. Give me thy hand, 
and let me see thee in thy woman's weeds. The captain that did bring me first on shore hath my maid's garments. He, upon some action, is now endurance at Malvolio's suit, a gentleman and follower of my lady. He shall enlarge him. Fetch Malvolio hither. And yet, alas, now I remember me, they say, poor gentleman, he's much distract. A most extracting frenzy of mine own from my remembrance clearly banished his. See him delivered, Fabian. Bring him hither. Uh, yes, ma'am. My lord, so please you these things further thought on to think me as well a sister as a wife. One day shall crown the alliance on it, so please you, here at my house and at my proper cost. Madam, I am most apt to embrace your offer. Your master quits you. And for your service done him so much against the metal of your sex, so far beneath your soft and tender breeding, and since you called me master for so long, here is my hand. You shall from this time be your master's mistress. A sister, you are she. Is this the madman? Aye, my lord, this same. How now, Malvolio? Madam. You have done me wrong. Notorious wrong. Have I, Malvolio? No. Lady, you have. Pray you, peruse that letter. You must not now deny it is your hand. Write from it, if you can, in hand or phrase, or say it is not your seal, not your invention. You can say none of this. Well, grant it, then, and tell me, in the modesty of honour, why... You have given me such clear lights of favour. Bad me come smiling and cross-garted to you to put on yellow stockings and to frown upon Sir Toby in the light of people. And acting this in an obedient hope, why have you suffered me to be imprisoned, kept in a dark house, visited by the priest and made the most notorious geck and gull that e'er invention played on? Tell me, why? Alas, Malvolio, this is not my writing, though I confess much like the character, but out of question tis Mariah's hand. And now I do bethink me, it was she first told me thou wast mad, and then camest in smiling, and in such forms which here were presupposed upon thee in the letter. Prithee, be content, this practice hath most shrewdly passed upon thee, but when we know the grounds and authors of it, thou shalt be both the plaintiff and the judge of thine own cause. Good madam, hear me speak, and, and let no quarrel nor no brawl to come taint the condition of this present hour, which I have wondered at. In hope it shall not. Most freely, I confess, myself and Toby set this device against Malvolio here upon some stubborn and uncourteous parts we had conceived against him. Mariah writ the letter at St. Toby's great importance in recompense whereof he hath married her. <laughs> How, with a sportful malice it was followed, may rather pluck on laughter than revenge if that the injuries be justly weighed, that have on both sides passed. Alas, poor fool, how have they baffled thee? Why, some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrown upon them. I was one, sir, in this interlude, one ser but that's all one. By the Lord, fool, I am not mad! But do you remember? Madam, why laugh you at such a barren rascal, and you smile not he's gagged? And thus the whirly gig of time brings in his revenges. I'll be revenged on the whole pack of you. He hath been most notoriously abused. Pursue him and entreat him to a peace. He hath not told us of the captain yet. <laughs> When that is known, and golden time convince, a solemn combination shall be made of our dear souls. Meantime, sweet sister, we will not part from hence. Cesario, come, for so you shall be while you are a man. But when in other habits you are seen, Orsino's mistress and his fancy's queen. When that I 
a little tiny boy with a hey-ho, the wind and the rain. A foolish thing was but a toy, for the rain it raineth every day. But when I came to man's estate with hey-ho, the wind and the rain, against knaves and thieves men shut their gate, for the rain it raineth every day. But when I came, alas, to wive with hey-ho, the wind and the rain, by swaggering could I never thrive, for the rain it raineth every day. But when I came unto my beds with a hey-ho, the wind and the rain, with tosspots still had drunken heads, for the rain it raineth every We hope you enjoyed William Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Featuring Dan Fennedy as the Count Orsino, Santiago Morillo as Curio and Antonio, Patrick Pizzolarusso as Valentine, Sir Andrew Egecheek, and First Officer, Katrina Michaels as Viola, Greg Jackson as the Captain and Malvolio, Michael Pemberton as Sir Toby Belch, Stephanie Tercy as Mariah, Rebecca Vega Romero as Festi, the Fool, Sarah Carolyn Kennedy as the Lady Olivia, and William Burns as Sebastian, Fabian, and Second Officer. Music by Alexandra Kopko and Rebecca Vega Romero. We hope you enjoyed this Standby for Places production. If you want to hear more radio plays, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash standbyforplaces and Instagram at standbyforplacespod. 